Welcome to the 292nd day of 2021, more commonly known as October 19th. Halloween draws near as our part of the world moves closer to darkness. Always remember that elsewhere, the world is moving closer to light. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks balance in a world where Eustachian tubes appear at times to be blocked. I'm Sean Tubbs. On today's show, a quick update on campaign finance in Albemarle and Charlottesville. Charlottesville City Council gets an update on the cost of sidewalks at Stripling Avenue, and more funding is available for Virginia school systems to begin to replace their bus fleets with cleaner vehicles. Let's begin today with a Patreon-fueled shout-out. Fall is here, and with it, more moderate temperatures. While your HVAC takes a break, now is the perfect time to prepare for the cooler months. Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. So if you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Let's begin with a quick COVID update and the continuing downward trend. The Virginia Department of Health reports 1,617 new cases today, and the seven-day average for new cases has dropped to 1,983. On October 1st, those numbers were 2,552 and 2,780, respectively. Since October 1st, there have been 732 deaths reported. The percent positivity has dropped to 6.8%, down from 9.1% on September 30th. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 66 new cases reported today. This afternoon, the district announced changes to COVID tests that they offer. Specifically, you can now register for a PCR test on the Blue Ridge Health District website. Antibody tests are not available for this service, which takes place at various links. There's a link in the newsletter. The Virginia Department of Environmental Quality has announced $10 million in grant funding for school systems to use to purchase replacements for diesel school buses. The money comes from Virginia's share of the Volkswagen Environmental Mitigation Trust, a result of that company's lying about the emissions ratings of their vehicles. In August, the DEQ announced the award of $10 million to 19 school districts, allowing for the replacement of 83 buses, including two in Albemarle. This time around, localities can apply for either $300,000 for each electric bus and its charging infrastructure, as well as $15,000 for every propane bus. DEQ will hold webinars on the funding on October 26th and November 4th. Applications are due February 1st. The latest deadline for campaign finance reports from candidates in Virginia were due Friday, and the results are in. None of Albemarle County's three candidates for three seats on the Board of Supervisors raised any money between September 1st and September 30th. All three races are uncontested, including newcomer Jim Andrews for the Samuel Miller District. The two Democrats in the race for Charlottesville City Council continued to raise funds. 
According to data pulled together by the Virginia Public Access Project, Brian Pinkston raised an additional $20,589 in September, with 26 contributions of over 100, including 2,500 from the Realtors Political Action Committee of Virginia. Pinkston spent $23,437 in September and had $14,399 on hand as the month concluded. Juan Diego Wade raised an additional $14,636 in September, including a $4,500 check from the Realtors Political Action Committee of Virginia. That was among 29 contributions over $100. Wade spent $8,019 in the period and had a balance of $15,201 at the end of the month. Independent Yaz Washington raised $100, spent $100, and ended the month with no money on hand. Campaign finance reports are also required for school board candidates. There are five candidates seeking three seats in Charlottesville. Let's start with the newcomers. Krista Bennett began September with $2,575 and raised $60 in new funds. She spent $611 and ended the reporting period with $2,024. Emily Dooley began the period with $9,112, raised $2,375 in new funds, spent $903, and finished the month with $10,584. Dom Morse started September with $5,342 in the bank, raised $1,783, spent $3,519, and concluded the reporting period with $3,606 in the bank. Now the two incumbents. Leah Perrier had no campaign funds on hand on September 1st, but raised $1,375 during the period. Her campaign spent $821 and had $553 on hand on September 30th. Lisa Larson-Torres had $3,345 on hand at the beginning of the month. She raised $50, spent almost $1,100, and had a balance of $2,295. Three of Albemarle's magisterial districts have school board races this year, and the at-large seat is not one of them. Unlike the Board of Supervisors, there are seven seats for the school board. In the Rio District, Katrina Carlson is running unopposed. In the Jack Jewett District, Kate Acuff is running unopposed. In the Samuel Miller District, Graham Page is running opposed on the ballot, but there is a write-in candidate. Randy Zacherson began September with $9,349 in the bank and raised $5,587, spent $2,462, and ended the month with $12,474 on hand. Page began September with $1,721, raised $5,984, but spent no funds during the month. That leaves him with $7,705 on hand as October began. The next campaign finance reports are due on October 25th for the reporting period between October 1st and October 21st. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. Let's continue with two more Patreon-fueled shoutouts. One person wants you to know, we keep each other safe, get vaccinated, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. And in another one, one brand new Patreon supporter wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist, whether it be The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, or some other organization. 
The community depends on a network of people who write about the community. Go learn about this place today. We finish with a small story from Charlottesville City Council's meeting yesterday. There'll be more in the future. Charlottesville City Council held a work session yesterday on how to cover the cost of sidewalk improvements for Stribling Avenue to support a 170-unit development on about 12 acres of undeveloped land in the Fry's Spring neighborhood. James Fries is the director of the city's Neighborhood Development Services Department. So as many of you know, there's a PUD rezoning proposed for 240 Stribling Avenue. Uh, the proposed project includes a mix of apartments, townhouses, two-family uh, units. Fries said Southern Development will proffer 15% of the units to be affordable or for sale to 60% of the area median income. That means rent or the mortgage would be capped at 30% of those households' monthly budget. A critical issue in consideration of whether to rezone this property or not is the status of the sidewalks um, on Stribling Avenue itself. Stribling Avenue does not currently have any sidewalks on it. It sees a fair amount of traffic and it's a relatively narrow street as it exists today. Southern Development has also offered to pay up to $2 million to cover the costs of building the sidewalk and worked with the Economic Development Office to come up with an agreement on how to be paid back through using the incremental tax revenue that would be generated by the increased value of the property after development. In September, city engineer Jack Dawson said the cost estimate would be slightly higher. The work session was intended to provide an analysis of the estimate, but Dawson said it was not a finalized estimate for many reasons. This has not gone through community engagement or stakeholder meetings, which can add significantly to a project, as you, as you may be aware. And then projects of this type are not insignificant undertakings, nor are they cookie-cutter in design, typology, or execution. A sidewalk is not just a sidewalk. Dawson described how additional right-of-way would need to be purchased by the city, how the drainage system would need to be built, and how many on-street parking spaces and trees would need to be removed. All of that adds up. So the original cost amount was $1.2 million with a 25% contingency of one5 And then after I did the analysis, I adjusted all of those things, and it went to $2.4 million almost with a 20% contingency, bringing it to $2.8 million. The scope of the project does not include upgrades to Stribling's intersection with Jefferson Park Avenue Extended. Upgrading the pedestrian crossing there would be a separate project that Dawson said is being undertaken by the city using existing funds. Vice Mayor Cena McGill asked if Stribling could be turned into a one-way road that would connect back to Fontaine Avenue along land in Albemarle County. Dawson said that would be tough and expensive. Outgoing City Manager Chip Boyles did not attend Monday's council meeting, so it was up to Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders to sum up the bottom line. Where we are is that we are looking at, at the moment, $850,000 gap based on what the proffer that we have received is and what we have uh, come up with our new estimate. We have 170 units that are being proposed by the developer. Uh, with 15%, so 25 units being offered up for rental uh, for 10 years and ownership for 30 years at, at 60% AMI. Sanders asked council if that investment would be worth it to achieve that level of affordability at that location. Because of the stresses that we face with the decisions that we have to make regarding schools and, and all the various priorities that we have, that's a tall order at this moment of coming up with 850000 Councillor Michael Payne was not sure the return on investment was worth it. 
it seems like realistically like that $850,000 um, just is not really feasible in terms of being ahead of other priorities. Payne said investing in Piedmont housing and other entities would be a better use of funds. Councillor Lloyd Snook said he favored the use of incremental tax financing for projects, but also said the $850,000 was too much for the city to cover at this time. The rezoning application will return to the Planning Commission at a later date. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. You may have heard those Patreon-fueled shoutouts. There were three of them this time. Let me explain what that is. Patreon is a way that you can pay me to continue doing this work, uh, but basically that's that's the overall Town Crier Productions thing. It's more than just this newsletter. I'm constantly trying to figure of different ways to get information out to people, and who knows what I'll come up with in the future. But to pay for that, I have one way, which is this $25 a month uh, shout-out. You can contact me for what that means. Um, I really am hoping to maybe spread that across some of the other items that are coming up in the near future. Lots of surprises coming. There's a lot to cover in this community, and I'm committed to doing it. Uh, I really do appreciate the support that everybody has given so far, and uh, it allows me to do this show anywhere. No matter where I am, I will be doing this show. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and you heard the man earlier. Stay safe. <laughs>